You are listening to the Physio Accelerator Podcast with Trish Wisby-Roth. Now, all of us in recent years have had quite significant and unique struggles in physiotherapy worldwide. Although in Australia, we have been luckier than some other countries uh, and still being able to operate. I think the pressures on practice owners, new grad, experienced clinician have been quite unique and very varied. So I thought I'd take this opportunity just to reflect on uh, how tough it can be when as an individual you feel like you've come up against roadblocks in what you see as your career path and give you a few ideas about how to um, get around them or how to revisualise your path so it gives you more confidence, um, more feeling of control and power. And I mean power in a positive way, really. I think the really first thing is don't make rash decisions. Now, if you're in a private practice and you're not happy about certain things that are happening in your work environment, if you're with a sporting team and you're not happy about um, how, how you're perceived or the jobs you're given or the dominance of certain people in that team, the worst thing you do is have a knee-jerk reaction and change your direction straight away. So one of the things that has helped me is when I'm in that situation of do I give up, do I leave, do I totally change the, the course that I'm on, is to think in three to five years from now, looking back, on my career, would this rash decision look good on my CV? Is it something that I would be proud of? And certainly when I was with Australian Cycling and it was so tough, I remember thinking, okay, in five years, if I look back and say, I did one tour with Australian Cycling, but then I left because it was really too tough. Would I be proud of that on my CV? And I said, no, I wouldn't. That It doesn't look good and it sets up a pattern of leaving when things get tough. And as a human being, everyone goes through tough times. The most successful physios you've ever met, I can guarantee they have had big roadblocks in their career and um, they may just not talk about it, but all of us have experienced it. And it really is important to sit back and withdraw if you need to. So spend some time alone 
or with one person who can be objective and and regroup. I know when I was travelling with teams, when things got intense and very often as a female travelling in in a a management team that were all men. Often they weren't used to having um, a female person in the management team. I would often, even though dinner was provided, if I needed some time to try and regroup, I would head off and go and have dinner in a cafe by myself um, and just quietly do it, you know. But it, it gave you the space because sometimes you need to withdraw and regroup on on how you're going to change the situation. And I think trying to look ahead five years and look back and say what would look good on my career path, you know, in the future looking back and what always looks great for whether you, you're going for another job in the future or you're going for a position on a sports team, if they can look at your CV and see that you've persevered and that you've overcome and you've stayed somewhere or at a position even um, for an extended period, even if it's been up and down, it just looks so good on your CV, particularly in those first five years. Don't underestimate how important that looks when you're you're solid and you stay somewhere for, you know, if you can stick somewhere out for two or three years. One of the other things, not only looking at that, but the next point is, you know, for you personally and for your family and life goals, is the hardship you're going through at the moment worth it? short term for what it's doing to your mental health and your family. And so I think you can't function effectively as a really good physiotherapist if you've got poor mental health or it's really severely impacting your family from your decisions at the moment. So I think they're really important things to put down. And what can be really worthwhile is putting down on a piece of paper, spelling out the positives and the negatives that are happening in the situation at the moment. And from the positives, see how you can monopolise on those positives and expand those positives. And on the negatives, what are the things that are impossible to change? You know, it may be, um, you know, either the amount of money you're compensated or the relationship with a superior, be that in the in a sports team or within your workplace. It could be... Um, uh, a misunderstanding with another another person you're working with. But out of those things, those negatives, work out, prioritise from one to three which ones you could possibly change and how you could change it. And just 
go with the first highest priority and work out how communication and words in a neutral setting, often get, when you're driving or you're, you're having a coffee with somebody or asked to have a coffee with them, and see if you can tease out with really positive communication and words some ways of changing the situation. And trust me, you may feel like you have no no colleagues or no friends in the current situation, but there will always be somebody who is sympathetic. And very often if you approach them and say, I really value your understanding, your experience in the field, could I brainstorm a couple of things with you, that will really open up a dialogue. And all you need in a challenging situation is a dialogue with someone who ideally they need to be above you and have more more power than you um, in the current situation. Because if you can break it down, whether you like it or not, they will be able to say, these are the things we can change, these are the things we can't change, or these are the issues that are helping to reinforce that roadblock, and these are maybe some things that you can do to overcome those roadblocks. So I think really communicating can be uh, important. And one of the things I would have to say, and I've been really bad at this, so, you know, I am I am quite a, a passionate person, I'm a direct personality, and I really, um, you know, feel things strongly, but want to get things done. So that that can come across often quite strong. And so if I offer you any advice, which I even recently have have been really bad and, and um, do you know, if I could rewind, rewind time, uh, I would change this. But if you are going to have these quite um, frank discussions that will bring up emotions, do it at a time where you're relaxed, refreshed and have slept well. The, the worst conversations I've had when I've had these roadblocks and been trying to break them down is in the evening at the end of a working day when I'm already fatigued, the person who I'm wanting to talk to um, is either fatigued or, or not expecting um, the, the, the discussion. And so often these frank discussions then, you know, you start off fatigued and defensive and the other person isn't in a position where they actually um, have the energy to sit down and take the time and listen. So always uh, 
try, and this is me saying do what I say, not what I do, but where possible, I try to say, look, I really value, I'd really like to have a chat to you about a few things. I'd like to brainstorm some some solutions or um, ideas. Is there time we could go for a coffee or a walk? Or, and, and try to have those meetings in a neutral, a neutral setting. So often when I'm going to have those type of uh, very uh, sometimes challenging, challenging discussions, uh, either with um, people above me or people who are working with me or my staff, if I feel that it's going to be... Um, there may be emotion involved, I'll often ask them if they want to come for a coffee and we'll go to a really nice coffee shop so that we're on neutral ground. But it also, um, you know, creates more of a balanced environment that it's a person speaking uh, person to person. It's, um, you know, I think when you do find these roadblocks, they're usually there for a reason. I know that's really hard to believe. And look, I'm, you know, I'm a strong personality and often in the situation, I really find it hard to believe I deserve, um, you know, people not inviting me, you know, in the evenings when you're away with the team, you're not invited to things because you're the, the token female manager and so you eat by yourself or, you you know, things are taken a different way. or But very often there's something to be learnt from it if you can sit it down and dissect it. I think... Uh, and sometimes you can't change things. For example, with elite cycling, it, you know, when I first started working with elite cycling, I was the first kind of female person they'd had as a physio or in any kind of management role. And that uh, can be really challenging. And I don't think I understood um, that 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 was such a new thing except reflecting back on it. Um, but very often when you've got these roadblocks, sometimes it can be simply a misunderstanding that you are interpreting something one way and other people don't see it that same way. And so I think it's important to be able to sit down and and dissect that. Probably in my early sporting career, particularly on an international level, I don't think I did enough of that, of sitting down in... Uh, quiet environment and being able to dissect and talk about the real positives and then the negatives and out of those negatives asking for advice 
how we can change those negatives. One of the things that I always fell back on was always saying to myself, what can I add to my toolbox to um, improve my skills, but also improve my defences against, against certain roadblocks and to be able to secure your position or make you indispensable in your current team or your current workplace so that it's hard in a way for them to replace you. And that, that I found really positive because if I thought about, okay, what can I add to my toolbox to improve my defence, my security, um, make me indispensable? As a female physio with a women's team, using those supporting role, listening to people, being supportive, um, making sure I stayed neutral and whatever was told to me stayed in my confidence, um, doing for the team, I usually had to do their shopping. And so a bit of attention to detail, remembering what kind of yogurts different girls liked or the different foods so you would get, you know, their special foods for them. Little things like that so that I became someone important to them because I simply remembered that they liked low-fat passion fruit yoghurt instead of no-fat chocolate yoghurt. And they're all small things. Um, you know, I know with team members, you know, if I'm going to go out and get a coffee, I'll ask who would like a coffee and buy at that time. And then other coffee, uh, other uh, staff members will do the same thing. It's only something small, but it just makes you feel that you're valued, you're part of the team, and that on the other side you are a team, a team member. So I think finding those skills you have inherently that really make you valuable is incredibly important. In a private practice, you know, if you're really good at social media, you know, chatting to your employer about helping with that, or if you're really good at talking to doctors or, um, you know, helping to improve uh, communication with gyms or with certain teams, using any of those natural skills you have to work with either the club you're working with or the business you're working with and offering to use that particular skill and therefore um, advertise at you that you can step up to the mark and that you're, you quite enjoy doing those things and you're happy to value add in that way. Um, really can make a big difference to how um, indispensable you are and really make big inroads um, through those roadblocks. What I found with working with elite teams was one of my value adds was I was quite happy to do some of the admin tasks. 
So I would take some of the admin tasks off the coordinator or, or the coach. And I didn't realise it. I felt that that was something I could do to um, expand the support I could give to the coaching and management team. But in the end of the day, that led to me um, heading up the, for a period of time, the physio coverage for the Australian women's cycling team and then doing training at the beginning of the year of all the physios that we had organised to travel with the team and, and doing some training and continuing education and being the conduit that the physios could talk to if they had issues. So, you know, I didn't realise at the time that that would influence where my career went. I just felt that it was a value add I could provide at the time when I had time and um, that would make my position probably more secure and also... um, it allowed me to talk to the coaching staff or or the key superior staff on a different footing, so on an even footing, um, because you were helping them, taking something off them. And I think if you can do that in a private practice, really it will it will um, stand out, and it will put people on your side you know it's really important in sport whether you're in a club whether you're in a physiotherapy practice you want to it sounds terrible but you want to minimize your vulnerable areas where you can be attacked so I think in a really um, over a coffee or you know in a in a meeting that you've asked for where you're both in a good mood, being able to talk about those things that where where do you think I am a bit vulnerable or where I'm, I'm falling down a little bit? Do you have some tips or some help or could you help me find a course? You know, if you are falling down a bit on on treatment of the lumbar spine for example that on our onboarding course we go through that or the thoracic spine getting knowledge has always been my go-to tool is learning more and learning from those around you you know if you don't understand the biomechanics learn from someone who does research it read the articles and I think if you can find where you are vulnerable and you fill that in, that starts turning a negative into a positive. Again, you know, just as an example with cycling, I, when I started with cycling, had no concept, no concept about cycle biomechanics, um, physiology, all of those things. And really I had to acknowledge that it was I was very vulnerable in this area and could I spend time talking to those people who were 
in the environment, like the bike fitters were lovely guys and so, so knowledgeable. They would talk to you for hours about gearing ratios and titanium brakes. The biomechanists were, if you tried to speak to them at their level, you know, and ask them their knowledge, the, the exercise physiologists, the, the coaches, you know, all of them, if you, if you ask them, their air of expertise they were always very generous in in talking and i think if you're in private practice or even in a hospital setting being able to in a really positive environment talk to those people above you about the things that they are really good at and learning from that can um, be a great learning environment and you don't know in the future when your paths will cross with that person again. But trust me, if you've taken that time to sit down and talk to them about things that they know and that they're really good at, uh, physiotherapy is quite a small world and paths always cross and your road to success will, unless you're superhuman, will always have roadblocks, will always be a bit winding. And the reality is, hopefully you stay in physio for a long time and that road is quite long and it may take several paths. But the people you that are just above you or your superiors in, these, in your early years of either going into private practice or going into sport, they will likely still be ahead of you um, on the road for some time, and more often than you than you would think, then their opinion of you, their your past communications with them, your past experiences with them, may be the tipping point between uh, a you know, a decision going your favour with a team or in a in a position or not. So um, I hope it gives you some ideas. In those first five years, try not to go with knee-jerk reactions. Uh, and as I said, and please, hopefully you get much better at this than me, try to have meaningful discussions about roadblocks or the negatives and how do we improve them at a time where the person you're talking to and yourself are refreshed, relaxed and do it in a in a neutral setting. So I'm sure if you haven't hit a roadblock already it will happen and I hope that at least one or two of these points uh, help you through it. Best wishes. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Physio Accelerator podcast. If you'd like to find out more about what we do, head to thephysioaccelerator.com. While you're there, don't forget to sign up for our email list for more great insights from Trish and information about our upcoming courses. Before you go, if you think of a friend or a colleague who would benefit from listening to this podcast, make sure you send it their way. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.